Section six of the Blue Jar Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Blue Jar Storybook, The Little Blue Bag, Part One, by Alicia Catherine Mant. I think, said Agnes Clavering, a child of about eight years of age, I think I should like to give that pretty blue bag I admired so much the other day at the bazaar to my cousin Laura. She likes blue, and I know she wishes for a new bag. You will do very well, Agnes, in thus spending a part of your allowance of pocket money, replied Mrs. Clavering. Laura is one of the kindest little girls I know, and being one of a large family, cannot have so many indulgences as yourself and I am always glad when I see you bear this in mind. I shall give it to her on New Year's Day, continued Agnes, after a few minutes of thoughtfulness, for it was on that day of this year that she gave me that pretty purse of her own making, and I shall buy a gold thimble to put in it, and a pretty little pair of scissors with a gold sheath, and a tortoise-shell box for needles, and some ivory winders for cotton. All these together, replied Mrs. Clavering, will make a very handsome present, and I am sure that Laura will be much pleased with it. But do you know how long it is to New Year's Day? No, mother, I do not, replied Agnes. Nearly six weeks, said Mrs. Clavering, but you may make your purchases the first time we walk through the bazaar, and then you will have them ready against the time you require them. Nothing more passed at that time on the subject of the blue bag, and that, and several following days being wet, there was no opportunity of visiting the bazaar. During this time Mrs. Clavering and Agnes went to dine with Mr. and Mrs. Parker, and when Agnes, on going to play with her cousins after dinner, saw Laura's shabby work-basket, and heard her complain of having broken her needle and hurt her finger by a hole in her thimble, Agnes felt very glad that she had happened to recollect what Laura wanted. She could hardly help telling her what was in preparation for her. More than once it was on the very tip of her tongue, and the secret certainly would have been revealed had not little Augusta Parker suddenly fallen against a table which stood in the corner of the playroom and thrown its contents on the floor. "'Oh, Augusta!' said Laura, in a tone of vexation. But she checked herself, and helping the little girl to rise, kindly asked her if she had hurt herself. The child, however, was unhurt, and knowing that Laura would be vexed at the upset she had occasioned, she crept to the other end of the room and began playing with her little brothers. "'Oh, what beautiful shells!' said Agnes. "'Where did you get them, and why did you not show them to me, Laura? I am so fond of shells.' For it was a box of shells which the little Augusta had thrown off the table. "'I did not mean you to see them yet,' replied Laura, not till the box was full. "'But it does not signify now,' added the placid little girl, and the two children sat down together to examine this little mine of treasures. Agnes was not at all envious of Laura's box of shells, but Agnes would very much have liked to have had a box with shells placed in them exactly as Laura's were. It was one of her failings to wish to have the same toy or the same trinket which she saw in the possession of other little girls. It was not her desire to deprive them of theirs, but she wished to possess something exactly similar, and it had been her misfortune from the moment of her being able to form any wishes to have them immediately gratified. The consequence was that she was whimsical and capricious. The favorite wax doll of today would be discarded on the morrow for one of wood if she saw one of that sort in the hands of another. 
her playthings never pleased her more than two or three days and at the end of this time a string of new desires arose which she knew would be immediately met and which consequently led the way to others she had only to ask and have and this facility gradually produced a sort of selfishness which her mother was vexed at perceiving agnes was kind-hearted and always willing that others should be gratified but not at her expense and mrs clavering saw that while any little present the child made to her friends or charity bestowed upon some poor object occasioned no deprivation to herself and the motives for both could not be pure when she had reached her eighth year therefore early as it might seem mrs clavering had set aside a purse for the use of her little girl which she told her was all that would be expended for her amusements during the year and she was anxious to see how far this arrangement might be a check on the boundless wishes of the little agnes hitherto agnes had gone on very well her father's presence in spite of her mother's remonstrances had kept the purse nearly full and at the latter end of january it would be again replenished but her father was now from home it might so happen that he would be absent till that time and agnes knew that she must now use her means with caution as she was returning with her mother home in the carriage from her uncle's agnes said i should so very much like a box of shells and have you not as much pleasure in looking at laura's replied mrs clavering and do you not think she has some pleasure in showing you what you have not of your own it is very seldom indeed that she can have this pleasure for you have everything and a great deal more than she has it so happens in this case that her father's brother has given her what i think it would be hardly in the power of your father to buy for he brought them from abroad and i hope you will be satisfied to see them when you are with your cousin and be very careful of expressing any wish for them before her for you know that she has more than once offered you such little trifles as you have wished for when you have seen them in her possession oh mother said agnes with eagerness i do not want laura's shells indeed i only wanted some like them but i will try and not think of the shells you should not do this agnes said mrs clavering you should try and think of them without wishing for them but here we are at home a few days after this a lady called on mrs clavering to invite her to go with her to look at some old china and agnes received permission to be of the party while the two ladies were occupied with the master of the shop in looking through his assortment of china the master's wife very good-naturedly busied herself with agnes and endeavored to amuse her by showing her many curiosities contained on her numerous shelves amongst the rest she exhibited some drawers of shelves some of which were so like those which agnes had seen in laura's box that she began to long for them and as the prices were marked and they did not appear very expensive she whispered to her mother and asked if she might purchase them can you afford it whispered mrs clavering in reply and stroking at the same time the blooming cheek that rested against hers i think i can mother again whispered agnes in a very coaxing manner if you are sure you can once more whispered mrs clavering you may but remember the blue bag agnes returned to the tempting shell drawer mrs clavering advanced the money to pay for the new purchases and on their return home agnes begged her mother would directly pay herself from her own purse and mother continued agnes i think the thimble shall be of silver instead of gold for a gold one will cost a great deal of money and i never use a gold one and why should i give laura one 
i see no reason why certainly answered mrs clavering excepting that it was your own proposal i should have thought that a silver one was quite as well if not better but i did not like to check your wish of making a handsome present to your cousin let it be silver if you please but take care that you keep money enough to pay for that and the other articles which you design putting into the new year's present oh i shall have plenty now mother returned agnes but i think i could not have afforded the gold thimble and she went to her playroom to look at her shells put them in order and see how many were wanting to complete the number which her cousin possessed it now occurred to her that a box to contain them was indispensable and the footman's brother being a carpenter she desired him to get one made for her it was soon completed and when it came home it was paid for agnes found that it had cost just the difference between a silver and a gold thimble she proceeded to place her shells in order but the box was not half full and while thus occupied a visitor called who was accompanied by her young son and a beautiful little white dog and this little white dog and his master called off her attention for a while from her shells the little animal was very amusing and very playful he could perform a number of little odd tricks and amongst others would patiently wait while his young master counted ten and then would spring forward and receive the piece of bread or biscuit held out to him agnes thought she never could be tired of playing with such a dear little dog to use her own expression and she expressed her wishes so strongly and so earnestly that the little dog's master after whispering to his mother told agnes that if she liked she was very welcome to keep the dog for that he was going to school and nobody at home cared for her but himself mrs clavering felt vexed that agnes had so warmly expressed her admiration of the dog but she did not see how she could decline her acceptance and by this arrangement agnes for the remainder of the day had nothing to wish for excepting indeed it might be that the chapter of the history of england she read to her mother in the evening had not been quite so long and that bedtime had not come before she had had another game of play with little chloe in the morning the first thing to be thought of was chloe and chloe occasioned in her mistress so many wandering thoughts when she ought to have been occupied with her book that mrs clavering was obliged to threaten the loss of the new favorite before the morning task could be accomplished at length chloe was turned out of the room but then chloe would run downstairs and into the hall and back again upstairs and scratch at the drawing-room door for admittance and when once more admitted on agnes's promise to let her lie still quietly under the sofa chloe wished to go out of the room again and out of the room once more but only once she was allowed to go then on the hall door being left open for a minute chloe was out in the street and it was with considerable difficulty that james the manservant could again catch her this suggested the necessity of a collar for chloe and a collar indeed seemed indispensable if the dog was to be kept but i am not sure that i shall have money enough to buy one said agnes as she begged her mother to examine her purse and assist her in calculating how much the blue bag and its furniture were likely to cost agnes thought if father was at home she would have had the collar purchased for her directly and as mrs clavering had allowed the dog to be accepted it seemed to her that it would not be an unreasonable indulgence to make chloe's mistress a present of a collar she told agnes therefore that she would provide the little animal with a collar and thinking that the sooner the blue bag was bought the less would be agnes's temptation to encroach on the money set aside for its purchase she directed her little girl to get her hat and pelisse put on and they would immediately proceed to the bazaar 
as mrs clavering and agnes were crossing the hall a carriage drove to the door it was mrs montague a particular friend of mrs clavering and she had called to invite her and agnes to take a drive to a bird fancier's who had a large collection of canary birds for harriet and eliza montague had been promised by their uncle that they should each have one and their mother thought that agnes would like to go and help choose them the little girls had a very pleasant ride together and they all thought the birds very beautiful and that they sung delightfully but it was rather an unfortunate excursion for agnes for on her return home chloe pleased her no longer and she told her mother she thought a canary bird would be a much prettier pet than a rude troublesome little dog and yet you were very much pleased with your little dog yesterday remarked mrs clavering and to-day she looks much prettier with her smart collar on and she frisks and gambles about and is as anxious as ever to be taken notice of at this moment chloe ran up to her little mistress and agnes could not help acknowledging that her collar was very pretty she kissed her mother for having so soon obliged her by buying one and for an hour or two the canary birds were forgotten the next day however agnes had been invited to spend with harriet and eliza montague the birds had been brought home they looked even more beautiful in the playroom than at the bird fancier's and they and their cages together were so very ornamental that agnes thought of them some minutes after she had laid her head on her pillow in the morning she asked her mother if she might not buy a canary bird they were not very expensive and she should like one so very much i wish my dear little girl you could learn to see what others have and be amused and pleased without always wishing to possess what has given you amusement and pleasure if i can but have a canary bird replied agnes i shall not wish for anything else and shall be quite satisfied do mother let me buy one father would i know if he were at home your father is very indulgent agnes replied mrs clavering he sees you but seldom and never likes to refuse you anything you wish for when he does see you but i should not think you a good girl to impose upon his kindness by asking anything of him which i had thought it better to refuse you i cannot see why i should not have a canary bird mother said agnes not i am sorry to say very good-humouredly and i do not wish you to buy it for me i could buy it myself for you know i have money of my own i do not mean to argue with you replied mrs clavering for little girls of your age are not always capable of understanding the reason why indulgences are refused them though they are quite equal to knowing that it is their duty not to repine when they are withheld however do as you please about the canary bird if you have money sufficient to pay for one let the bird be bought the money was given to you to spend exactly as you please agnes looked at her mother no mother did not look pleased she looked grave and when agnes's countenance once more brightened at the prospect of possessing the canary bird mrs clavering neither smiled nor even looked at agnes she continued looking at her work and her needle went in and out very very fast agnes walked up to her mother and taking her purse from the box where it was always kept took from it the money and began to count it presently mrs clavering said well agnes what is this beautiful bird to cost only five shillings replied agnes and have you five shillings to spare said mrs clavering oh yes mother i think i have replied agnes oh yes i can do it very well you know i talked of buying a gold scissor sheath for laura but i think a leather one will do just as well and then i shall have more than enough money for the canary bird 
poor laura said mrs clavering i am afraid she does not stand a very good chance of having any new year's gift however the money is your own and you are to do what you please with it but if you did think of others a little more and less of yourself agnes you would be a much more amiable little girl agnes for a minute looked grave for she saw a tear in her mother's eye but her mother did not look angry and she went on with her calculations and schemes about canary birds and cages james was commissioned to purchase the bird so much desired and as it was positively necessary that the bird when bought should have a habitation to live in the tortoise-shell box designed for laura was to be changed into a card needle case and the next morning agnes's playroom was adorned with a very pretty canary bird in a smart wire cage the next day laura and augusta parker came to visit their cousin but they did not seem to take so much pleasure in the new purchase as it was supposed they would they were very willing to assist agnes in feeding her bird and admired its plumage which they thought very pretty and very soft and they expressed no desire to be playing with anything else for they saw agnes was better pleased to be taking down and putting up her cage than in following any other amusement but they would much rather have been playing with agnes's new doll or looking at some of her story-books or puzzles or playthings of which she had such useless stores and when she did lead them to some of these neither laura nor augusta thought more of the canary bird except when it sang so loudly as to prevent the little girls from hearing each other speak indeed it did sing so loudly that nothing else could be heard and agnes herself was at length so tired of it that she was sorry it had been purchased her dear cousin laura too who was so gentle and good-natured had lost part of her pretty present by the purchase of this useless bird and she should be ashamed to tell her mother she was tired of it but she did not allow these thoughts to make her miserable and the three little girls spent a very happy as well as a very busy day for laura set all agnes's cupboards and drawers to rights for her and looked over her maps and puzzles and placed the right pieces in the right boxes and she sewed in some leaves that were torn out of some of the prettiest story-books for agnes was very careless with her books and she placed them all in nice even rows upon the shelves then she mended the doll's frock and made a very pretty new doll's bonnet and augusta made a tippet all herself even the cutting out and fitting though she was only six years old and she set the doll's house in order and wiped the dust from off the little chairs and tables and in short nothing could be so happy and comfortable as were the three little girls together then at last they came to the box with the shells but this agnes preferred not looking at for she had very few shells compared to her cousin's collection and the box was not half so pretty for laura's box was inlaid with ivory and as augusta was seizing upon the shells with her little dusting-cloth in her hand agnes said oh leave those augusta they are not worth thinking about but i thought you were very fond of shells said laura yes so i am replied agnes but not such a set as these they are nothing to yours and she turned from them with contempt and drew augusta to the other end of the room come augusta we will play at mother and children i will be your mother and laura you shall be my children end of section six